Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of Zathlon Talk. As you may or may not notice, I am not Zathlon Nick. Um, I'm Sebastian Garza, and I'm taking over for him while he's out of the country. Uh, after uh, several hours worth of technical difficulties, I finally got to sit down, virtually speaking, with Alan Aguirre, former Edgewood coach and decathlete, and talk about this weekend's California State Competition. Uh, predictions, what to be on the lookout for, uh, random arguments about how to pronounce various place names. We didn't end up having the time to go too in-depth, but we had fun and hope you do too. Pressing record. Okay. Talk? Talk? Talking now. Oh. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Hello, and Nick probably already did an introduction to this, but I am Sebastian, and Alan is Alan. Say hi. All right. Uh, my name is Alan Nagiri, former decathlete and academic decathlon coach. Now I work for Zathlon, and I do a lot of other things on the side. That was like a much more informative uh, introduction than I gave. Um, I am Sebastian Garza, aka Tinder Facto, on the Dummy Dyke Talk and Academic Decathlon Scores and Information Center. Uh, and I'm a former decathlete from Frisco, Texas, Liberty High School. Currently, also the state director for Massachusetts and Connecticut and Maryland, but not commenting here in that capacity, just as a uh, fan and spectator. All right. So, we are here today to talk to you guys about the California State Academic Decathlon Competition for 2018. Are you excited for it, Sebastian? Yes. Um,. I'm always excited for basically any competition that's happening, but the California state competitions are always one of the most uh, intense things that happen all year. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to hearing about the results and hopefully watching a live stream ceremony and things like that. Yes. And I'm actually still considering it's Thursday, it's Wednesday right now. I might drive up on Friday to Sacramento just to watch the competition live. Uh, my probably not, but I'm still considering it. It's one of my favorite competitions here. You know, being from California to me, the state competition is almost like the the last time we get to see the Giants of LAUSD going up against one another. Uh, this year is especially exciting because we have uh, Granada Hills Charter, the team that has won how many times? Six se- six times in seven years. Yes. Yeah. That. Yeah, six times in seven years. Uh, right now, they're on title defense mode, but El Camino is in first place going into the state competition. Yeah, um, and that's like a really... This is a really important thing and a really important year, I feel like, because currently right now, Granada has tied the record for the most number of consecutive national titles, um, a record that they have tied themselves with. So from 2011 to 2013, they won three national titles, and then again from 2015 to 2017, they won another three. However, they were interrupted in the middle of that by none other than El Camino Real Charter that 2014 year, and now it looks like they'll be stopped potentially from a, from a four-peat again by ECR. Uh, it's worth mentioning that the yeah. only other time that any other school has been able to pull off a three-peat or three national consecutive titles in a row that was redundant uh, was J.J. Pierce, like in 1984 through 86, 
back in the days when Texas actually won nationals here and there. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, this with this competition, uh, you know, in the national decathlon world, uh, a lot of people feel like California is on another level from the competition. And But if you're from California, people will tell you it's, it's really Granada who is just on a whole another level from even the best Californian team. And this year, you know, it, it takes something almost like special to beat them. I and mean, you're going to need to find your best people ever. Uh, you're going to need to put up your best scores on your best possible day just to compete with this Granada team. And it feels like that EC, this ECR team is something special. Yeah, okay. See, your whole thing about it being basically just Granada that's on a whole different level from like Texas or uh, other states, I really think that it is more than just Granada. I think that it's a lot of um, the perennially like 52K plus now teams in California. There's Granada, there's ECR, there was Marshall, there's South Pass and Franklin. Uh, and Texas will put out nowadays, um, there's definitely going to be multiple 50k teams but i usually there's more than just one californian team that's beating the tox the top texan team uh usually two or three or maybe even four this year no, um wait what no i was gonna say no yeah i i understand that i'm not trying to say that these other fifty three thousand point teams aren't uh you know they're not they are on a different level but even they feel like granada like the dis, like they feel the same distance from Granada that Texas does from California. That makes which sense. is crazy because you have these teams that are like you know probably the like the second, third, fourth, fifth best team in the nation. They just you know year after year it just ends up with Granada on top. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it seems like there's a break every like there there's something in place, some sort of supernatural mechanism that is keeping Granada from winning four times in a row. Um, I remember in 2014 when that ECR team was looking really promising early in the year and thinking, like, are they going to stop Granada from a four-peat? Like, is that even an established word? And then they went and did it. And that was kind of a different scenario because back then it was like, okay, great, ECR won state. Um, but they and Granada, because it was 2014 and the top two teams could go on the nationals, like Granada could still have taken it. And ECR still managed to eke out a victory, just barely. Uh, and so this year, I really think that, you know, it's going to be whoever wins this California State competition is going to be the national national champion. And whether it'll be Granada yeah. or ECR, we'll have to see. We'll have to see this weekend. Um, but my gut instinct is going with the ECR. And that's the kind of thing that is, it's impossible to predict. Um, and it's also a really bad idea to <laughs> sleep on Granada, so to speak, or to underestimate them, because underestimating them is really easy to do. Um, but that's just my gut instinct. It's really all up in the air. I think it's probably anybody's game, by which I mean any of those two people's game, by which I mean any of those 18 people plus coaches' game. Yeah, um, if I had to make a prediction right now, I would say that all the math tells me that I think ECR is going to win. But from having sat in the the state award ceremony and having been to the LAUSD award ceremonies in the past with those Granada teams, on that day, on that one day when it matters most, they put out scores you just can't even, like, 
it's hard to grasp. Like you, like statistic projections, sometimes they just blow them out of the water. Um, and I think one of the big factors that will actually come into play this weekend is is really going to be the subjectives because um, Granada at the state competition has killed the subjectives the last couple of years. It just they find ways to consistently be ahead of these California teams at the state subjective level. Uh, if we see that again this year, and if they have improved on their objective, which is was more of the gap between them and ECR, then I think mm-hmm. it will be a very close contest where it could be a 100 to 200 point difference. Honestly, from what I've seen, I think that the, the subjective levels for the top teams in LUSD, Granada, um, Marshall previously, Franklin and ECR, I think for the most part, they're actually pretty balanced and it's kind of up to luck who wins. Sometimes one ends yes. up significantly ahead of another. Um, but like it seems for the most part to just be up to luck, which is the case a lot of the time with subjectives. But they're definitely all yeah. in a tier way above the next competition. I, and then you also have to throw in the super quiz factor that, you know, if you miss three super quiz questions and the other team gets a perfect score, that's like how many points? 180? 200 points right there? Oh my God. In a competition that's going to be like that close? Yeah, super quiz. Man, if Super Quiz was the difference between the top two, that would be insane. Oh, man. That would be... And, and oh, man. I'd have to bring out some popcorn. Are you, is that literal? Or did you just cook popcorn, or are you, is that figurative? If that happens, I'm going to be, like, whatever the live stream is, I'm be, like, spamming messages. Like, I'll be... That would be so sad <laughs> and so incredible to watch. I thought you were literally cooking popcorn right now. All right, all right. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really excited to to see who ends up in the lead there, um, and also like what score they'll put out. Because um, currently, yeah, Granada has the top team score in history with their 2016 state com- uh, performance with 55,749.6 points. But will they or ECR hit 56k this year? That is the question. Um, and I think that's plausible. Based on the scores out of Texas, I think it's definitely possible. I also think these two teams are going all out. And, you know, are, I mean, every year is going all out. But this year, especially, they're going all out. Because last year, I think everyone walked into the state competition, just from my personal experience from talking to the coaches. And we all kind of knew that Granada was going to win. And we knew from their point it would be a battle for second or third between El Camino and Franklin. Uh, Marshall had two of their students drop out between the state, uh, the regional and state competition. So we knew they were going to finish probably fourth. And then South Pasadena made a good jump for fifth. And my team was just going to be in sixth regardless. But this year we have a great battle for first and also a really good battle for third place between Franklin and South Pasadena. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's something else that I wanted to bring up um, because they seem pretty balanced and pretty neck and neck. I mean, so looking at the just the raw 10 event scores, um, they're about uh, 700 points apart. So Franklin is in third after regionals with 52.6 thousand points um, and South Pass with 51.9. However, just knowing LAUSD and knowing LA County, um, LAUSD tends to have a lot higher subs um, not just simply because the teams are better at subs, but also just because, um, I guess, the way they train their judges or something, the scores are usually higher. 
Um, and so I imagine that difference to probably be around, you know, 500 to 700 points. So they probably are pretty close objectively. Objectively. Yeah. yeah. Um, I South Pasadena, I know specifically, um, they make, like, their ability just to push through no matter, like, what's going on in the season, they always finish strong. And, I mean, everyone likes to say they finish strong, but I know for a fact when I see them actually studying hard and really pushing forward through their guides, uh, South Pasadena always makes a big jump at state. Um, mm-hmm. Franklin always finishes. They always give 100%. Um, but at the same time, uh, their coach also knows that this competition, like, when you're playing for third or fourth, it, it's it's not something you go – 150 percent for uh because it's one of those weird things to say like well if you can go 150 percent, how come you didn't go that it's just you know sometimes things in life are more important uh i definitely think they're going to finish strong though like i think both teams are uh but south pasadena has done really well every year at state compared to their regional competition yeah no i mean i'm uh looking at the stats right now and uh definitely even in their first year at state uh where it was just 2014. Um, they went up 3,000 points from regionals to state. Obviously, it's a bit harder to do when you're starting off at 52K. Um, but yes, like I would say, you know, last year they were at 51K at regionals and went up to 52. Um, so that thousand or about 900 point jump there, if they replicate that, um, that will definitely um, be very competitive with Franklin and whatever Franklin ends up doing. Uh, so that's also really exciting to see. Um, but also one other quick thing that I realized that um, is significant about like if Granada does win this, besides them probably winning nationals, they would also um, be only the second team ever in Californian state history to win the state four times consecutively. Um that hasn't happened since Palo Alto in 1980 through 1983, uh, which was the second through fifth years of California's state competition's existence. So that would be pretty insane. I was negative uh, 13 years old when that happened. I was negative so. 15 through negative 12-ish. Wait, do you start? Do you start the negative age at birth or at I, conception? I started. I dude, this is too much. We've gone too far. It's important. Okay, All right. Fine. Basically, to beat Granada, you need to break records. Well, yeah, because otherwise Granada would be breaking records still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that goes without saying. Um. Also, a little fun thing that I'm going to be looking out for is Mark Keppel's team yes. uh, attempting to score 50,000 points for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've known Coach Tin Tran for a few years just from competing in Los Angeles County. And, you know, he is – it's really funny because he's an Army guy. Um, uh-huh. You could see him at fatigues a competition. Uh, and the guy is – you know, he's funny, and he runs just like a tight-knit program. And each year they're about consistently improving. And mm-hmm. this is the year where you could really see them going all out. I mean, oh, yeah. they had, what was it, two AK varsities this year? Yeah. And, like, incredibly balanced is, is the thing, too. Yeah, I just, you know, Mark Heppel has always been, like, a really, in my opinion, like, growing, like, when I started my active decathlon career, Mark Heppel was a program you looked up to. Um, and now that 
you know, the scores have kind of gone higher and LA County's competition got pushed up. You see South Pasadena and West kind of push up these other teams to want to do better. Mm -hmm. I'm really pulling for them. If LA County get their third ever 50K team, that would be huge. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm also curious to see, like, you know, in 2013, we had kind of a similar situation because um, Beverly Hills in 2013 had another really amazing team. Um, and and this coming from, like, you know, at this point, like, Beverly Hills um, has had, like, you know, a, a long run starting in 2013 of some really good years. But in 2013, that level of success was still brand new. Um, and they also kind of burst onto the scene suddenly and, and won the LA County competition with 49k and an incredibly balanced team and yet they didn't end up managing to, to scrape past that 50k mark um so I'm really pulling for a couple here and hoping that they do do that and ultimately that is you know 50,000 points is just arbitrary but it would be really cool and I think for such an amazing team, they really deserve it. And uh, I'm really excited to see how they do. Um, anyway, what about those other divisions? Well, looking down into Division 2, uh, there's a few teams I feel positively about. Uh, I like Trabuco Hills. Uh, Wait, is it Trabuco am... or Trabuco? Tra... Why Tra... am I asking you? Okay, Wikipedia, it's, what can you tell me? That's a city, right? Why am I that? Uh, kind of? I don't know. I've never been to... It's Trabuco, Trabuco. I've never been in... Trabuco sounds right. Trabuco does sound right, but... Uh, oh, no, the Wikipedia page doesn't have the IPA. No, I. it's in Mission Viejo, so it's, like, not a real city. Yeah, I don't... Because I've never heard of like Chibuco Hills outside of the high school. I've heard of the area, but not as a city. Um, I like them a lot because I know Coach Alex Ballard. Uh, they're very motivated, especially being in this division. I know they want they. Oh yeah. They are going to be very successful. Um, Save I think from Division One last minute. Oh, the Division One, like just to give people an example of Division One. Uh, my team in 2016 scored 50,400 something points. Uh, we sat during the like, we sat there during the award ceremony. We had our top score win six or seven medals, and aside from that, we won three medals. You know, we had wow. one of the top ten scores in the nation, and we sat there almost like we were a team six thousand points lower than us. You know, someone could ask us like. How do you think we're doing? Like, are we doing badly? It's like, we just have no clue because that's how good Granada and teams like that are. That's we had someone who, we had someone with 6,000 objectives win one medal, Scholastic. And that was a 971 in math. Find out our scores till after the awards. So we open up that paper and it's like, oh, well, you scored 8,900. Couldn't tell that from the awards. It's just, you know, something like that happens. It's, it's insane. Uh, so. Those teams in Division Two, um, they are kind of the benefiters of it. But I know that success you get in Division Two often is uh, very infectious. That you see teams move up the next year to Division One because they want to do better and better and better. Mm -hmm. um, and a team I like especially is Rosemead. Yeah, uh, th this is their first year making it to state. 
ever, maybe, is it? Like, definitely in a very long time. Yeah, and they're in division, they're the 23rd ranked team going in. Uh, Rosemead is like 20 minutes away from my house. It's not the, it's not the greatest area. It's not bad. It's not, it's very, it's a very interesting team to be at the 43k range. Um, because they made a big jump last year from not having a team to scoring around just missing the state cutoff to now being in Division Two, And, you know, it's one of those things where if they're successful here, you know, is Rosemead a potential top 10 team in the future? I mean, that's, that's looking a little <coughs> bit too far. Or maybe they just had a special team this year. But, you know, I, th- I think success breeds success in my experience. Oh, yeah. No, I would definitely say that if they're looking this good just in their second year of existence, like, honestly, what this reminds me of a lot, South Pasadena. When they first started, um, I mean, like I said, back in, in 2013, which was their first year, they went from no team to 38K, which is an amazing improvement of approximately infinity percent. And then the next year, 2014, they were 43K. <laughs> so it's a really close. Um, and in 2013, they just missed the state cutoff. And then came back the next year for 43k in their second year of existence. And then the next year, there were 50k. I'm not saying Rosemead is going to be, you know, 50k next year. But whatever the case, I really think that it's extremely promising. Um, I think this is something that's really cool to see uh, a new team just suddenly being that good. Um, I, I, as a Texan, natively, I, I can't help but just think, like, why doesn't this, why can't this happen more in, in Texas? And I guess we did get that... Um, we have gotten that with a couple of teams recently. Um, yeah. It always Rosemead, seems to happen in California. Yeah, Rosemead existed for a long time in Los Angeles County, and they were a consistent, uh, like, thirty to 34,000-point team. Yeah. You know, they had a year where they didn't exist, and now they're back, and they're really good, and it's just really exciting. I will say the difference between Rosemead and some of those, like, South Pasadena or even, like, a Canyon 2016 team uh-huh. Um, it, it's not as affluent of an era of an area because if you look at the top ten in California consistently from year to year, you got to follow a money trail. Except because Franklin. yeah, except Franklin, um, a lot of the kids from these schools are generally, you know, the more you know, South Pasadena. Like I go there to get eight dollar frozen yogurt. I go to the art museums there. It's it's a very beautiful area. Uh, West Torrance has like a million coffee beans. Uh, I have no idea what coffee bean is. It's like Starbucks, but it costs like 50 cents more. And That sounds like a terrible business model, but okay. It's, you know, Mark Keppel was a high school that was famous for, um, they had a lottery for AP classes because they didn't have enough. So many kids wanted to take AP classes and they didn't have enough teachers or classes to give them. <laughs> so kids had to like actually be in a lottery for AP classes. Wow. Yeah, I mean, being from outside of California and only having visited, like, a handful of times, I know very little about, like, just the general... Like, I know a fair amount about the geography itself, as in, like, where certain towns are and things like that, but I could not tell you what they're actually like, um, what the demographic makeup is, things of that sort. So, you know, it's kind of surprising, but I guess, honestly, it's not that surprising to hear all these things um, about how all of these top schools are from pretty affluent areas. Um, but that just makes it really more exciting to see a team from an area that's not like that make their way up. 
Um, and there's always a handful of those that just end up doing an amazing job. Do you know of like some uh, other schools that like some other schools that are in D1 this year for because just enlighten me like what other schools are kind of like that? In terms of not necessarily having like a, a really, um, you know, uh, stereotypically strong demographic population or like less uh, affluent communities. I don't know much about Elsinore. Mm-hmm. I, I, have, I have no clue, I'll be honest. Uh, Rancho Cucamonga is very nice. Uh, they film a lot of TV shows there. Right. Uh, Chafee is in Ontario, which is, uh, you know, I just, I just went to Ontario the other day for. Thai food, it was amazing. It's a beautiful city. University, I don't know much about Fresno because that's four hours away from me. So I don't go to Fresno ever because it's Fresno. I'm sorry, Fresno. Uh, Woodbridge is a very nice school. Very beautiful. Uh, Grant High School, that, that's Los Angeles for you. That is a, that, that, that is a less affluent school. Okay. I, don't know Folsom, I don't know Folsom or because they're in Sacramento. Sacramento. That's like I'm closer to Las Vegas than I am to Folsom. I know I can tell you more about Las Vegas than Folsom. Weird. Um, yeah, Bell High School, similar to Grant, Edison, it's in Fresno. I'm I'm sorry. These are like once once you get like five hours away from California, there I have no reason to go there because I live in Southern California. You said Fresno in, was four hours away. It's like four, you know it could it could be a six hour drive if you get in traffic. Fair. Um, Calabasas, very beautiful area, very beautiful. Uh, in Ventura, um, wait, it's Ventura, you know, not Ventura. You're uh, it's probably well, people refer to it as Ventura. What? Yeah, no. I know, right? It must be like the, the California accent or something. Uh, I actually, I think Calabasas has a good shot of being in the top ten this year. Westminster, Orange County is pretty nice. Uh, Garfield, that's the high school um, Jaime Escalante teached at. The, Did you, the, teach the, Wait, did you say teached? He taught. <laughs> you got me to say teached too. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he taught at uh, Garfield, which is like the famous uh, school that wasn't very nice that he taught these inner city kids how to get Five on the AP calculus test. Who is this? Jaime Escalante. Right, that's okay. his name. I mean, I'm, I'm guy, just not right? familiar with this name or story. Oh, so yeah, he was a famous math teacher. Um, he was a Latino math teacher who he taught a group of kids from the inner cities AP calculus and got and they all got fives on the AP test, and they thought they cheated, so they made them retake the test and they did even better the second time. Hell yeah. So that's Garfield High School for you. Okay. And then Lamore. I'm just listing teams off now. I don't even know why I'm doing this. It's like, is this the, oh, I could tell you vaguely what I know about every city team. Let's not they do have our, our, long... listeners. our listeners. Yeah, I know. I realize that now. <laughs> okay, anyway. Oh, I, we were Casa talking Grande. about Division 2. Yeah, Casa Grande. Uh, their coach retired last year. Yes, uh, Rick Pillsbury. Yeah, and last year they really went all out, and they surprised a lot of people by finishing seventh at the state competition. I remember sitting there, uh, kind of in fear, like that. Oh my God, Casa Grande just jumped us 
<laughs> in score, and we're gonna finish in seventh place. Like what happened this weekend? Because we had we had a, like a giant lead, but they still put up a very high score at that competition and had a very impressive performance. So to see them still in Division Two after their great coach retired, that makes me happy. Mm-hmm. How does Modern Day usually do at the state competition? Because Modern Day High School is one of the most famous high schools in California, Wait, mostly what? for their yeah for their yeah Modern Day is like probably one of the most famous high schools in the world. Um, I, I've never heard of them, but I don't usually hear about famous things. So take that it's with a not because of their academics specifically, but they have had many professional athletes go to Modern Day High School. Their basketball, football teams, their like national powerhouses. Really, that's so weird. Yeah, hmm. like their high school football games are on ESPN. Wow, I take it that's a sports network. Yes, it's the biggest sports network in the world, yeah. Oh, you said ESPN. Yes. I heard ESPN. I was like, is that like ES basketball? And okay. <clears throat> are, are we out of time? All right. So that's all we got through. Um, I hope you enjoyed listening to our mindless, inane chatter. Hopefully we'll be a bit more interesting next time. <laughs> And uh, hopefully we can do this again with more guests after the state competition uh, and then before and after nationals, of course. I'm really excited for those. In the meantime, good luck to everyone who's still going to be competing. Good luck in people's preparation and performance and peace out. Which I guess maybe we should wait till uh, next year when we're studying the 60s to say, but you get the point. Have a good day. Goodbye.